Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, the NFL enters its 10th week and we'll cover everything you need to know going into the weekend. The NBA has also announced a start date for the 2020-2021 regular season, so we'll discuss what that means for the league and the players. All this and more on episode 168 of the Sports Kingdom show coming up right now. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 168 of the Sports Kingdom show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, the one and only Shelton's very own, Tyler Pachelke. Tyler, what's up, big guy? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Ready for some more fantasy football. Yes, man. We uh paper wires went through, you know, all the teams are shaking it up. Yep, we're uh, we're definitely getting closer and closer to to the end and it's it's getting pretty close uh in the TSK show fantasy football league, so we'll we'll definitely talk about that in a little bit. Sitting across from me on the board, our co host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, how's it going, man? I'm good. Just another good weekend I had watching football. Man, it was great. Yes, man. It's it's nice. Uh, being able to just focus on one sport right now. We kind of had a flurry of all of them going all at the same time, and now we just get to focus on football. It's the only time it's acceptable to be one-dimensional. Yes, but it's going to be a quick turnaround for the NBA. And before we talk about the NBA announcing a date for the start of the 2020-2021 regular season, this next segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates for all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area. Contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. So like I was saying, it's going to be a very quick turnaround for the NBA. And before we get to when the regular season will start, I just 
wanted to make note of the fact that the New York Knicks shutting down their practice facility after three employees tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, the team said in a statement, according to ESPN, the closure has come less than a month before players are slated to return to their home markets to begin training camp for the 2020 uh, 2021 season. Um, the NBA allowed teams to reopen their facilities on October 30th, according to a memo that the league sent to teams and that was obtained by ESPN. Players were required to be tested for COVID-19 every day and must continue to return negative tests in order to access the facility and participate in group workouts. The Knicks said that all three employees who tested positive for COVID-19 are asymptomatic and the results were discovered during, quote, routine screenings. So, obviously, the coronavirus is still, ha ha like, it's still here, it's still making an impact in everybody's day-to-day -day lives. Uh, obviously, we see it's still affecting NFL games. It's now affecting NBA teams now that they are out of the bubble. Um, the league also announced today that it has given all 30 teams a list of guidelines and protocols that uh, and, and requirements, really, I should say, that teams would have to meet to allow a certain percentage of fans in the in the arenas uh, for this upcoming regular season. So I wanted to start off with getting everyone's thoughts on what's happening with the coronavirus and how the league is going to handle it, because ultimately with the NBA bubble, the league did such a great job with keeping everybody safe, no positive tests. Uh, it was, and all it was seamless. Yeah, it, it really was seamless. But now the bubble is not in the cards for the NBA right now. They they want to get teams back in their home markets. So it's, it's really going to be interesting to see how the NBA navigates the world of – like the world now with the coronavirus in it and not being in a bubble. Well, first, I think it's going to be tough to get these teams playing back in their markets, like you mentioned. I don't think that that happens in the near future. I know that's what they want. And again, the way the NBA constructed the bubble, no positive cases from what we know. It was, again, seamless. It worked out very well. And honestly, it was, it was some pretty fun competitive basketball to watch because all these teams came in and it was level playing field for them for the most part. But them returning to the markets I don't think is going to happen anytime soon. Oh, they, I, They're planning on it right I, I now. Know, I know they're planning on it. And I kind of like that the restart is so soon, but I also don't like it. The reason why... Well, we'll talk about the restart yeah, in a minute. Yeah, the restart, there's, there's reasons I have, but I don't know just how quick they get to um, having their teams play in their home stadiums. Tyler, what about you? How do you think the NBA is going to navigate this? Uh, I just think that they're going to try and uh, they're they're going to play they're going to play in their own stadiums. That's coming. Yeah, and it's coming quick, and I think that it's just going to be um, it's going to be minimal attendance. There's not going to be hardly anybody in the stadiums. They're going to play with empty stadiums. Well, and, and it's I only going to be it's only going to be allowed in cities that are like the health officials are going to have to be able to allow it. Yeah. So, it, yeah. So, it's, you know, there's no, you know, as far as like, there's no reason to doubt the NBA, you know, they've done it perfectly so far. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, there's always like a risk involved. You know, I, I think that 
the NBA is set up for success more so than most leagues. They're probably going to have the most uh, mandates set up, so that's good. Uh, I, you know, so I think the NBA is going to handle it well, and I think the way they're going to handle it is just minimal interaction with people and just following basic health guidelines. Yeah, one thing that I saw was that any like with the teams that are going to be allowed to have fans in the arenas, uh, one thing that one of the like protocols that the the teams would have to abide by is the fact that anybody that is within 30 feet of the court can't have a food or beverage uh like they're not allowed to have food or beverages and they have to pass the test and, yeah and they have to pass a test they the teams are going to have to put up barriers like glass like plate shields behind the bench so there's some sort of barrier between the actual players and the fans so the nba is good i mean yeah they're figuring it out yeah. And ultimately, what I think is going to happen is scheduling-wise, the NBA is going to take into consideration location and travel and all of that to keep things more regional in terms of schedule-wise for teams to play more regionally to lessen travel and lessen exposure in airports and things of that nature. So, Well, I think they're, they're, they're flirting with the idea of series as well. Yeah, I did see that, like, similar to baseball, where a team would come into town for a three-game series with a team. Or two, yeah, well, or like a two-game series. Yeah. You know, where you could play two and three nights, but the impact, or you could play a back-to-back, and the impact not be as much, you know. I I think they're going to get really creative with the schedule, and honestly, I think what you'll see is, is, like, this, like, weird scenario with the pandemic and trying to, you know, schedule all these things, we'll, we'll probably find some things that we'll use for the future. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I, th- I think there'll be some, like, logical things that they'll – they're forced to switch up the scheduling where it's always just been one of those things where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, now we're going to get to see some progressive ideas with scheduling, and it'll be interesting, you yeah. know, with the keeping regional cover. You might see, you know, like the Spurs go on, like, their rodeo road show you might see something similar to everyone else where, you know, you have chunks of time where you're gone rather than coming home, going back, coming home, going back, you know? Right. And ultimately I think worst case scenario, if the NBA did have to go back to a bubble scenario, I don't think they would do one singular bubble. I think they would do it regionally with one, like let's say in LA one in Dallas or San Antonio, and then the other one in Miami or Orlando. So yeah, and, I, and honestly, I'm not too concerned about, like, the home markets not being effective, you know, right. just because of the the number of people that they're allowing in, if they do allow people, and then, like, the distance, 30 feet is way, like, it's quite a bit, you know, quite far back from players. I mean, people are used to, like, right up on the out-of-bounds line. No, I mean, people have so, their feet on the hardwood, usually. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that... Um, I think the NBA is going to do just fine moving forward just because they've done well so far. And they've also seen that, you know, the NFL, even if it doesn't go fine, it still goes fine. You just keep them. You just keep the, the train moving. Yeah. It's like, even you know, even if you do have small breakouts here and there, uh, it seems that like pro sports just keep going, whether that's right or wrong. It's, it's just a fact. The NFL's had plenty of little outbreaks within playing in home stadiums and it hasn't stopped the league. You know, they've done a little bit of shuffling, but it's still, for the most part, intact a pretty regular season. 
Well, see, that's why I think the bubble was so successful was because there was no travel. You look at the MLB, they had outbreaks. They almost had to shut it down again. Football right now, they're dealing with it. So I I want to be optimistic that they do play in their home markets. I think they eventually do, but I don't know if it happens this season just because there's still a lot of cases, and in places like California, in places like Los Angeles that has two teams, places like New York, the cases are so high that they're not allowing any kind of this stuff going to happen. Well, so that that that's my issue with it. Here's the thing: well, they're allowing NFL teams to roll in every week. Yeah, yeah, and but, they're but, having thousands upon thousands of fans in those stadiums. But, and but if you look at the Chargers and Rams games, they don't have fans. Right, and it, that's that's so just 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 look at it for a Lakers or Clippers game. Same thing with New York. Yeah, no, the the Lakers and Staples Center already said that there aren't going to be fans for like until further notice, basically. Yeah. So, and it is going to be on a city by city basis based off of what health officials are saying in those markets so it's going to be interesting to see what happens and realistically they don't have a lot of time to figure it out because the nba board they don't but honestly i would like to see multiple bubbles if you're going to do that maybe three or four i know you don't want to go to one again because players don't want to do that because the the market in florida is not like that good what they wanted it but if you're going to do multiple bubbles i would have them in as close to you can get as bigger cities and bigger markets. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA navigates the coronavirus post-NBA uh, bubble. But like I was saying, they're not going to have a lot of time left to figure it out because the NBA Board of Governors was unanimous in voting to approve an amended agreement to the collective bargaining agreement uh, basically, this cleared the way for a number of financial and competitive rule changes uh, to basically outline and structure the 2020-2021 season. But this agreement included the fact that the regular season is going to start on December 22nd. Uh, the league is going to be playing a reduced schedule of 72 games. So it's 10 games less than a normal or what was a normal regular season would be um, with the addition of this December 22nd start date for the regular season. The league announced that free agency will begin at 6 PM Eastern time, 3 PM Pacific time on Friday, November 20th. So that's next Friday free agency starts. And then the NBA draft is scheduled for a week from tonight wednesday november 18th it's currently wednesday november 11th at 7:43 p.m just to give you a timestamp of when we're recording this a little peek behind the curtain but it's it's probably the quickest turnaround i've ever seen that i i mean not probably this is the quickest turnaround i've ever seen for an off season for a champion at least to start a regular season and ESPN had the numbers the Lakers and the Heat who played in the NBA finals down in the bubble they will get 71 days off between the finals and the start of the regular season on December 22nd and then teams that did not make the bubble they'll have gotten a 285 day layoff between the end of their season back on March 11th and the start of the 2020-2021 NBA regular season. So what I want to know, fellas, is what do you make of the quick turnaround, and do you think we are going to see a lot of the stars 
uh, load managed through the first month of the season? Uh, I mean, I, it's just I. It's typical pro sports. I don't think it's typical NBA because typically having NBA is ahead of the curve. But uh, this is just obviously for money. I mean, the TV contracts needed seventy-two games, so that's you know that's what their main motivation was. You know, the whole same thing with the bubble. For, yeah, so it's it's all about it's not about player safety. All player about the health. Benjamins, baby. It's all about the Benjamins. It's a business. Um, they don't care. And, and so they're good. The NBA is good. The NBA is going to make all of their money because without merch and ticket, you know, without merch and ticket sales, um, they need that TV money. So uh, that's that's where it's coming from. It's too bad, uh, but that you know, you are going to see some load management from playoff teams. But uh, I think a lot of teams won't be load managing. I mean, a lot of teams got plenty of rest. Any team that will, you know, made it was eliminated in the first round i don't know the number right in front of me but i'm pretty sure they got similar to a, a normal off season so you know, over 100 days close. yeah 100 days so um i think that you know most teams are going to be fine is it is it tough on those especially those teams in conference championship games and and the lakers miami yeah but uh i guess you know that's why the whole smashing these seasons in uh, trying to make your, you know, every dollar you can. Um, these are the problems. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically what I make of it. It's a money train. It's not going to stop for anything. Uh, and and uh, you're definitely going to see, I think, a combination of some load management early on, especially by the Lakers, and probably some injuries. And then, you know, I think also it's it's – the, 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 the group of people I think about the most is the rookies and how unfortunate it is. Similar to the NFL rookies this season, they're just not getting the full opportunity. I think you're you're going to want to go with the veteran uh, before you want to go with the rookie that you haven't seen for only what. They're going to have these rookies for like three, four weeks by the time they're playing games. Yeah, see, I like this restart. But then I also don't for for it happening so soon. I think the part of me that likes it is just being selfish because I want NBA basketball back. <laughs> but but the part that that I I don't like is that it's so soon because you do you don't give these these teams like the Lakers, the Heat, these playoff teams that were chasing a championship. You don't give those teams adequate amount of rest. The other teams like the Warriors and the Bulls, th- those teams that didn't even have a chance making the playoffs. 285 those, yeah, days those, off. Those teams are well-rested and ready to go. And honestly, Tyler mentioned it, and he hit it right on, on the head. There's going to be a lot of injuries. The, I think it was the time for the lockout there was a lot of injuries, too, just because it was a shortened season and they didn't really have a lot of time to prepare. Well, and look at the NFL and the injuries that they've had this year with no training camp being really available yeah. to them. So you're going to see a lot of injuries for sure. I do think, though, that you'll see more young players and rookies play they'll get more playing time because if they're on these teams like the Lakers or the Heat, they're going to be playing more, I think, if you're resting veterans. Well, and also what I saw is the NBA is in talks with the G League about extending the two-way contract, which is basically what Alex Caruso was signed to originally with the Lakers. He was only allowed, uh, as a two-way player, I believe 45 days with the actual NBA-level Lakers Uh, as a two-way player and so they're talking about extending that 45-day period for this upcoming season to 
basically supplement any roster decisions that would have to come at the expense of coronavirus or rest slash, slash load management. So there, the league is definitely conscious of it. What I'm very interested in is the argument that people are talking about with the fact that the teams that went to the bubble got that four-month period off in between the end of the regular season and the start of the bubble, and then now it's having such a short window, but it's technically, I guess, the same time if you add it all together. Yeah, but you're just breaking it in episodes, though. That, that That's the tough part for these teams. Right, so that's why I don't think, like, I don't co-sign that argument that, oh, that's basically the same thing. They shouldn't be complaining about it. I th- I think that these players that didn't get the same amount of rest as the the teams that didn't go to the bubble have a definite gripe to to have. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's the just, that's the part that I don't like. It's like yes, teams like the Heat and the Lakers and all these other playoff teams, they don't have as much rest as these other teams do, obviously. But they're it's not their fault that they had better records and they made a playoff run. Exactly. Why why should they be punished? Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't see I, so much as, as a punishment, punished. but yeah. No, yeah, that, that's probably a bad way to put it. But what were you going to say, Tyler? I, I just, it's just not that many teams. You know what I mean? It's not that. I mean, these are pro athletes. They all got breaks. Right. There were twenty. You know what I mean, I, I, I understand. It's like all about LeBron. Like this is basically centered about LeBron. Like, yeah. Let's be real. It's like LeBron only got seventy days, and that's where like everyone at the inscribe originates. You know. If Braun, if it was the year the Lakers missed the playoffs and Braun didn't play, and you know it was Golden State, I don't think anyone would say anything. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as dramatic, you know, because it's like they still have two, two, you know, at, these are pro athletes. LeBron James probably trains three hundred and sixty three, three sixty four days a year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they didn't get the same amount of rest as far as like days not playing, but. These are pro athletes, you know what I mean? I don't necessarily think the wear and tear is that dramatic. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, the yeah, the Warriors got a ton but that was like my whole beef with the playoffs. You know, the Lakers got a ring, Warriors got time off. You know, like let's let's just let's move on. Well, and what's interesting is I'm and I'm just thinking this theory out loud because I was thinking it over as as Tyler was talking. Doesn't it also kind of benefit the Lakers and the Heat because of the fact that it's kind of less of a cooling down period and they don't really have they don't have to take as they much time rhythm. to Yeah, they don't have to take as much time to ramp back up. They're, I mean, Absolutely. I guess you I guess you could look at it that way, but yeah, they they are pro athletes, but they do need see they're just so accustomed to their time off. It's like the season was interrupted and then it started right. again, and now their their off season is shortened. And Tyler mentioned this really the argument being centered around LeBron. LeBron is so routine oriented. I mean, he spends a million dollars on his body every yeah. year to to get in the best shape about possible. Rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I don't. I, he's I don't trying necessarily. To, he's trying to play as much ball as possible yeah i don't necessarily think it's centralized around him so much i just think oh, it that, is that i mean i to me that i didn't get that that notion when it came out that they only got 71 days or whatever it was i just think that these two teams they just put stats out saying that these two teams are not going to get as much rust as you just said the warriors there's yeah. going to be there's going to be a discrepancy in that. well and, and also that's not a competitive advantage you know what i mean i'm not i don't i don't believe that that's like changing the game you know what I mean? That's it, it, the Lakers are going to be ready to go just as much as the Warriors are going to be ready to go. It's it's more so I feel like rookies 
and guys at the end of the bench, like they're losing out on opportunities because there's not as long of an off season. Free agency is kind of different. Uh, rookie rookie camp is diff- going to be different. Those are the, like the things that are changing. But you know, the more I think about it, it's just like the rest really isn't is it's it's not a ton of teams. I mean, for for 25 teams, it's a non-factor. And realistically, I think especially like let's say in the Lakers scenario in terms of chemistry realistically they're probably going to be bringing back a pretty similar team that that resembles the championship team that they had last season and so the chemistry factor with that is a plus for the Lakers being that the those guys have been around each other they know how to play with each other teams like the Warriors and let's say the Brooklyn Nets they've had all this time off but they haven't really played together all that much Andrew Wiggins Steph Curry and Clay Thompson have never played together uh Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have never played together on a team before in the NBA and with all of the pieces that Brooklyn has so I'm very interested to yeah. see what that layoff and them not you could say you you know you could say holding off the season for another two months is almost like detrimental to Golden State yeah exactly point, it's been like less time on the court together the yeah yeah and it's just like a long layoff, I think, has just as many, you know, cons as a short layoff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see what a shortened season is going to look like. This isn't the first time we've seen it in recent history in, I believe, the last 10 years. I, the the 66-game season was, what, 2011? I believe for it was the lockout. The, I believe it was the, the year the Heat won. Yeah, it was the, Heat, say, it was yeah. the year the Heat um played like, Dallas 11 12 yeah yeah that's 11 2011 yeah cuz cuz 2010 was Lake Show in Boston right yeah yeah and then it was Heat Dallas heat, heat Dallas the first year the yep. Heatles in Dallas won yeah and then yep. it was the lockout that off season yep so 2010 so 2010 2011 was the lockout season and then you had you know the 50 game season in 99 Yep. You probably don't remember, but that was a Well, it was the Spurs was beating one. the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, the Knicks were the eighth seed that year. Yep. See? And nobody wants to talk about that and they want to say the Lakers well, have an asterisk yeah. championship. So we'll all right, that's that's a whole other topic. Fast forward that, twenty years, they'll be they won't be saying anything about this championship. No, they won't say a word well, about that, it. Well that that Knicks team is similar to like, you know, I assume the Rays, where the Knicks benefited from the shorter season, whereas if there was a longer season Right, you know, maybe their record they got into the playoffs while they were hot. Hundred percent. So, so, yeah. but also the fact that they another factor into why they are doing the seventy-two game season and starting December twenty-second is they want to get done in time for the NBA guys to go to the Olympics uh, because the Olympics got pushed back a year. So, it's going to be interesting to see what players opt out of the Olympics to get more rest because they didn't get the rest this off season. So that's another dynamic in this whole thing that we will have to just wait and see how that turns out. But other than that, uh, some major news out of the NBA that we can just touch on really quick before we get into football. Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. Uh, free agency is the 20th. The draft is the 18th there's going to be a lot of player movement over the next week. I think not just with the draft, but I think some teams are going to be making trades 
because the salary cap is going to be a little bit different this year and teams are definitely feeling the effects of the pandemic so they're trying to shed some money off their books so it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with with all of the player movement and it being so close and it's i mean right around the corner it's next week so do you have any thoughts on russell westbrook wanting out of houston guys or i'm, I'm honestly he's not, gonna I'm not surprised he's gonna land his ass at the knicks <laughs> if he's not careful yeah i am not surprised about this move i Real quick, I would like to say, if I'm Houston, I'm trading both of them. You got to yeah, you have to now. Complete, you've got to bail out of this and get what you can. Uh, while you know, uh, Russell Westbrook, I think turns 32 tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, and, Russ! And, and Harden is 31, so uh, I think you got to without D'Antoni and Mori gone. I think just the whole identity of that team, you got to you got to you got to break out of it rather than try to supplement those guys. Yeah, and I mean, we'll we'll talk about it more in detail once some concrete stuff happens. And if I'm the Knicks, if I'm the Knicks, I'm shipping his ass to the Knicks. Yeah, or s- send him back to send him back to Oklahoma City for Chris Paul. I don't. It, that would be, you know, I don't know about that. I don't think. I think you already burned that Chris Paul bridge. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But also the coaching vacancies have all been filled and we'll we'll talk more about that next week i wanted to wait until all of the vacancies got filled so we can just talk about it all in one lump sum so we'll talk about that next week but right now let's uh let's hit the gridiron i'm just about that action boss you play to win the game hello you play to win the game that's why we took the damn field i'm just here so i won't get fired great cash homie but they are who we thought they were that's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. All right. It was another woeful week for me in fantasy <laughs> football, except in the CSK Show League, and that's the only league that matters to me now because I'm on a four-week win streak in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. Uh, I beat our good friend Brett Riley. Thank you, Cam Newton. Thank you, Jacoby Myers, for coming through for me on Monday Night Football to give me the comeback victory and I'm two and seven in last place in the Valley Village Invitational, and then I'm three and six out of the playoff picture in the League of Fools. Tyler, how'd you do in fantasy this week? It was a good week. Uh, I, I swept it with three and zero this week, uh, sitting at six and three in the TSK Show League, um, and now we're tied, I believe, right? Yeah, I think you're the three seed, and I'm technically the four seed, though. So, because uh, I think I might have a little bit more points for the season. Yeah, um, and so uh, you know, third place, like you said, in that league. Uh, I'm in a second league with Jordan Carlson, uh, and then I'm in second place in that league. I'm also six and three, and then my third league, uh, the Blue Dog League, I. And it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest year. 
I'm leading the league. I got the most points scored in the league, and but, I'm four and five. You're four and five, four but and you five. have the most points. Most points. Yep. I'm just. I've gotten horrible mashups. Uh, so, but I'm still. I still got a good shot at the playoffs because everyone's pretty close to the 500 mark. So, uh, looking pretty solid in all three leagues. Yeah, I've I've honestly given up on my other two leagues, but. At least I'm in the running in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. I've, uh, I mean, this four-week win streak for me has been crucial. That's big time. That's big time. And I, I honestly, I don't know how I've pulled off the last two weeks. So, I just, I got to keep the mojo going. Fantasy football gods will do that for you. Yes, sir. All right. Before we get into the power rankings, I have to tell you about Fitness Ablaze Training Center. Located in Olympia, Washington, Fitness Ablaze Training Center provides clients with professionally designed fitness and or nutrition programs. They have programs for all ages, athletic ability, and for anyone interested in improving their overall performance and quality of life. Program options include personal training, semi-private personal training, team-slash-group training, nutrition coaching, and online-slash-remote coaching. TSK Show listeners can get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training just by mentioning TSK show. Just enter promo code TSK show at checkout at fitnessablaze.com. All right, Tyler, take it away with the TSK show power rankings for week 10. All right. Well, number 10 was tough. It's real tough this tough this week. I really wanted to put teams like Miami, Cleveland, Arizona, uh, but I just, I just couldn't quite put them in the top 10 quite, quite yet. So uh, I'm going to start out with Indy. Uh, I think the Colts are just a balanced football team. They've got a good run game. They've got a good defense. Uh, and Philip Rivers is a, is, a, is a veteran that can manage the game. So I think that they're uh, looking real good as far as a playoff team. I'm not sure how far they'll go in the playoffs. So I got them at number 10 right now. Coming in at number nine, I got the Tennessee Titans at six and two. Uh, they're coming off a win against Chicago, which, you know, like you said last week, uh, Chicago is kind of just like they're the, frauds. The, um, they're frauds. They're the most untrustworthy five and two team, and they showed you why. Or five and three team at the time. Now they're five and four. Uh, Tennessee, I think, is is a playoff team this year, but I still think that they're a half step away from being like a real contender. I don't believe that they'll come out of the East. I don't think that they'll make it to the AFC Championship game. But I I, I love what Vrabel's doing with the Titans. Uh, and I think that they might have a real shot at getting J.J. Watt in the offseason. So, um, you know, we'll see what Tennessee does in the future. But this year, I still just think they're a step behind the class of the AFC. Uh, coming in at number eight, I've got Green Bay Packers at 6-2. and two. Uh, Green Bay is coming off a really good win on Thursday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and similar to Green Bay now, we're at the halfway mark. Green Bay is at 6-2, and two, but I don't think that they're going to keep this pace. Uh, I do you believe mean similar to Tennessee? Is, they're similar to Tennessee in the sense that I don't believe they're going to keep this pace, and I don't believe they're a real threat to win the Super Bowl, or maybe I don't even think that they're going to get to the NFC Championship game. I think Rodgers is going to have an unbelievable regular season, but they can't just rely on Rodgers to Vontae Adams. Uh, and that's kind of – I feel like they're becoming more and more one-dimensional, which I don't think is a good thing for the long run. So I've got them at eight in this back five uh, coming in at number seven. I've got another six and two team, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Ravens 
where, where are they? They're coming off the win against Indy, uh, who I, I just said was the number 10 team. So a good, a good win. Uh, everyone still feels like Baltimore hasn't broken out yet, which I think is a good thing. If you're, if you're six and two and you really haven't hit your stride yet, uh, I think that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mark Ingram is playing again. I think he's really going to help that offense kind of try and center itself. Lamar Jackson came out to the public saying that he heard defensive players calling out their plays uh, and, and basically saying that they're a little one-dimensional. So um, I like to see Baltimore's going to spice it up here in the back half of the year offensively. Coming at number six, this one hurts. Uh, but I got to drop them out of the top five against just a bad loss to the Buffalo Bills, and that's the Seattle Seahawks at six and two. Um, they scored. They scored well again, like they have been all year. They scored over 30 points, uh, but 44 points given up is the biggest loss in the Pete Carroll era. Uh, so there's obviously some concerns with how many points we're giving it up. But I'm still not hitting that panic button. Uh, I still don't believe it's going to hamstring us to get to the NFC Championship game. Uh, but we definitely can't allow people to score 25, 30 plus points a night and and be a, a Super Bowl team because that's just asking – it's asking a lot out of Russ, even though he's producing. That's just not a, a formula for success in the playoffs. Uh, coming at number five, now this is an interesting one because uh, they're 8-0, undefeated, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, but I'm dropping them because I'm, I'm definitely hitting the panic button with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, with ben, without Ben Roethlisberger, they're a 500 football team at best, what puts them at finishing – 12 and four. And I think they're a first round exit uh, without big Ben. So uh, I'm going to keep him in the top five because Ben's going to try and play, even though he's got like two broken legs and a broken shoulder and a concussion. Uh, and I he's on the COVID list and he's on the COVID list. So they're top five because Ben's going to be out there. But if Ben's not out there, they're definitely dropping out of the top 10 and uh, they're not a playoff threat. Um, real so quick, real quick, Tyler, real quick for yeah. clarification. He's on the COVID list because he was a close contact. He hasn't tested positive yet, but he, he, they're keeping him in isolation. You just want them to basically, lose. Basically, I don't Ben's want got everything. No, I don't want them. I love Big Ben. I, I, I just think that Big Ben's got a lot going on right now, um, and he's not going to bounce back from injury as well as he thinks he is. And we saw what this team was without him. They're a 500 football team at yeah. best. So uh, basically, I put them at number five because they're they as an undefeated team halfway through the year, they are definitely a top five team uh, and probably a top two team. Um, but with Ben and me hitting the panic button with Ben, they're out of the top ten. So uh, moving on to number four, I've got Buffalo Bills, the team that just beat up on, on my Seattle Seahawks scoring 44 points. Um, I said in the, in the pregame that I thought we were just going to outscore them, that they, that Buffalo couldn't put points on the board. And Buffalo did exactly that. They put the points up on the board. And that looks like that's the formula uh, to beat the Seahawks and score more points than them. So I really think that every, yeah, everyone just saw them smack a really high caliber football team in the mouth. So, they're definitely on high alert to, to, for Kansas City and Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, there is something to really worry about, and, and they're having a great season while the Patriots are down. Um, I, I look for Buffalo to be a problem in the AFC moving forward. They've, they've got a complete football team. Uh, number three, I've got Tampa Bay. Um, this is probably 
I mean, this actually my top nine was really shifted around. Uh, having not, Tampa Bay at number three is probably weird because they just got completely embarrassed yeah. by the Saints. Yeah. I and, and, I just I can't have the Steelers under the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, Tyler. Well, basically, I'm saying this is for the, this is for Week Ten, and I believe that Tom Brady and, and Bruce Arians and the rest of these offensive guys are just going to come back with vengeance. They were just embarrassed. Uh, the last time that the Saints beat them, they racked off five wins in a row, um, and then Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's leader is down. They're their heart and soul and everything that that team revolves around is down right now. I, I, I don't believe that Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. Uh, and I do believe that Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, and, and that offense and, and all the talent they have on defense is going to bounce back. And they are still arguably the team to beat in the NFC, even though number two is New Orleans, which was a huge jump because they were like, they've been in this back five of the power rankings all year. Um, but but getting Michael Thomas back, he looks good. He looks ready to go. Uh, Drew Brees had a great game, and they came up with a great game plan to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay may not deserve to be three, but that's purely based on in Week Ten. I think this is gonna you're gonna see a top three football team. Uh, number two, like I said, is the Saints. Massive win. Uh, Michael Thomas is back, and and I think that they're. Before the season started, I thought that they were one of like the four elite teams in the NFL, and and, and now it looks like they're back to that to me to, to that phase. And then number one is is the obvious Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes, a laundry list of weapons. Um, I heard Nicole Hardman uh, is actually on the COVID list now. Yeah, I saw that. But I just don't think that that even puts a dent in it. And Kansas City is just uh, head and shoulders the Super Bowl favorite as of right now. Yep. All right. Why don't you run it back one through ten, and then uh, we'll get into the picks of the week. All right. I got Kansas City, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Then I got Seattle, Baltimore, Green Bay, Tennessee, Indianapolis. All right. That rounds out the TSK Show power rankings for Week Ten in the NFL. Jacob, how did you do this past week? in uh your picks uh i went nine and five so it was it was an all right week i also went nine and five so yeah i can't complain about that better than last week oh man last (laughs) week tyler what about you well i went nine and five okay all right so some we all went nine and five last week uh jacob what's your total record overall i'm 89 and 44 tyler 89 and 44 and i'm 87 and 46 so I'm still two games behind you guys. Got to catch up. Yes. I think this week I'm. I think this week I'm gonna run the table, fourteen and zero, and really put some separation on you guys. That's a bold claim, sir. I really tried to step up my 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 predictions this week. So, you just you just really uh, locked in. Yep, I really locked in. I got in touch with the football gods, and, <laughs> and I, I think I think I got the formula for success. Okay, well, why don't you kick it off then? Who do you have winning the Thursday night matchup between the Indianapolis Colts? They're 5-3. and three. They're going to Tennessee to take on the Titans, who are coming in at 6-2. and two. This is a matchup between the 9 and 10 teams in the TSK show power rankings. Indianapolis, they're coming off that tough loss to Baltimore. 
the funny uh, not top 10 play from that obviously was Philip Rivers falling down on the interception <laughs> return. <laughs> it hey, was, hey, you know what? I got to give the man credit. He tried. <laughs> oh, that's one way to put it. He tried. That's one way to put it. And then uh, Tyler said, uh, like he said, Tennessee, they're coming off a sloppy win against Chicago. But uh, it was very impressive seeing Desmond King out there in his first game since the trade from the Chargers. He, I believe it was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Uh, so that, yep. that was cool. That was cool to see for him in his first game with his new team, just making an impact right off the bat. Uh, so, Tyler, lead it off for us. Uh, if you think you're going 14-0, and who's winning this game? All right. I've looked into the crystal ball, and I got, I've got the Tennessee Titans by a hair. All right, that's that makes me feel good because I also have Tennessee. I like the Jadavion Clowney uh, show come to town. Or I'm sorry, not 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 Jadavion. Yeah, Jadavion, right? Well, he's not coming to town. They're, it's a home game for Tennessee, but you're right with Jadavion. Okay. Yeah, sorry, my fault. Uh, I just had the weirdest thought he was on a different team for a second. Uh, I think it's going to be his coming out party, his big game. I do like their their, you know. Their, their strengths match up. You know, Indianapolis is a great run team, uh, and Tennessee has a, has a really gritty defense. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of a, a sloppy Thursday night football game, but I like I like the Tennessee Titans by hair. Jacob, what about you? Uh, I got Tennessee winning this game. I like the Colts, but I don't know if I can always rely on Rivers. Yeah, and with T.Y. Hilton, he's coming back off, uh, off of injury, I I believe he either left the game early on Sunday or he didn't even play at all but coming back on a short week and just the way they lost to Baltimore it, it doesn't give me much faith in Indianapolis on Thursday night so like I said I got I got Tennessee as well moving on to the Sunday slate uh the first game we got is the Houston Texans coming in at two and six they're coming off their second win of the year they won by two over the Jacksonville Jaguars they're going to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Uh, they're coming in at 5-3. and three. They're coming off a bye. I got Houston actually winning this game, and I know Tyler's not surprised by that. Uh, I just you have little faith in the Cleveland Browns, even coming off the bye. Hey, well, that's not surprising. I haven't had faith in them all year. And listen, Tyler mentioned J.J. Watt potentially going to the Tennessee Titans. He's still on the Houston Texans, so I got him – making Baker Mayfield's yeah. day hell. And I think this is going to be like a homie hookup for Houston. I think they're going to be really – they're doing him a service getting rid of him and letting him go chase the ring. Yeah. So I think that that – I think that, you know, J.J. Watt's going to, you know, do what he does. He's such a big person for that community of Houston, and they're going to send him off with, with congrats. Yeah. And so sim similar to the way the, the Mariners did Ichiro. Yeah, I think ultimately they let him walk – but what do you think happens on Sunday between the, the Texans and the Browns? Well, come on, man. You know what's going to happen. The Browns you know, are going to win. You know, you, <laughs> you, know, you, think... you, know, you know Baker's going to light it up. I, I, the Browns got oh, too much firepower. God. And Nick Nick Chubb's about to come back. I'm, I'm just so happy for this Browns team. Their future is so bright. If they, I, they've got – like, if they, if they fire their coach after this year, I'm done. I promise you right now – I'm saying it right here. They're done. So I'm so. You don't think so Stefanski's gonna last one no, year? I do. 
No, I do. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm so excited. I'm so giddy for their future of Baker getting a coach for two consecutive seasons. I just, I just am saying if they fucking brown, if they Cleveland Brown it and get rid of their coach again and bring in a fourth coach for Baker's fourth year, I'm done. It's over. I'm, I'm never talking about the Browns in a, in a positive way ever again. But right now, I love the way they're going. They've got stars on both sides of the ball, um, and they're coming off of a bye week, so. Uh, they've had two weeks to prepare, and uh, yeah, so Brown Baker's gonna light light it up, baby. Well, unlike Tyler, I cannot go with the Browns. All right, so I, you're on my yeah, side. I I got the uh, Texans in this one. All right, this is where I separate. This is where I separate, boys. <laughs> hey, you're not wrong. We 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 all had Tennessee, and now you got Cleveland, and me and Jacob have Houston. So your 14 and 0 is on the line already. It's it's oh no mine's mine's not on the line mine's set in stone we're we're solid over here this, I'm so confident in this list I think the way it's gonna this go it's the, thirteen and one we'll see this is the this is the best I'm done all right the next matchup we got is the Washington football team coming in at two and six they're coming off a three point loss to the New York Giants they're going to the Motor City to take on the Detroit Lions coming in at three and five. They're coming off a two-touchdown loss to the Minnesota Vikings. But I just think ultimately with the Detroit Lions having Matthew Stafford, having DeAndre Swift coming into his own as a rookie and really taking that lead back position, I think, away from a great like Adrian Peterson than they had uh, on Johnson. Uh, and for some reason, I have all three of them on one of my fantasy teams, and it's probably why I'm two and seven, uh, having faith in the Detroit Lions running back core. So that's that's a story for another time, though. But I got Detroit winning this game. I think they're just a better team ultimately than the Washington football team right now. Washington, they're in a they're in a period of limbo. They Ron Rivera's in his first year. He already switched quarterbacks, so it's it's. I don't really see any more bright side to the Washington football team season this year. Tyler, what about you? First of all, shout out Alex Smith making the ultimate comeback. Uh, yes, I think everybody. I, t- yeah, that's that's true. Think, yeah, uh, so I'm excited for him to get the start. Uh, oh, he's officially starting. I didn't know. Wait, I didn't know that. So Alex Smith is starting. Uh, Dwayne Haskins will be the backup. Um, and so, and then the other little tidbit I wanted to add: you never know. Watch out for Logan Thomas. He's got a. He's a former quarterback. He's their tight end. I remember you um, guys talking played, about that. Yeah, he played. He played. He played uh, quarterback at Virginia Tech. So, uh, but but yeah. So um, Alex Smith starting moving forward. Uh, but I like Detroit for you know just where they're at as a, as a football team, DC, like you said, is facing a lot of adversity with the quarterback scenario, which is never good. Uh, now Detroit has some COVID problems. I think Stafford was even on is Stafford is even being monitored right now. Um, but ultimately I think that Matt Patricia will have this team ready to go enough to beat Washington. Jacob, what about you? Well, I didn't, I shouldn't have picked them last week, but I'm going with them this week and that's the lions. Okay. All right. The The next matchup we got is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're coming in at 1-7. and seven. Like I said a few minutes ago, they are coming off a two-point loss to the Houston Texans. 
They're going to Lambeau Field to take on the number eight team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the six and two Green Bay Packers. Uh, the the Packers they did exactly what they needed to do on Thursday night football against a injury depleted San Francisco 49ers team, and I mean it was definitely what they needed coming off of the performance they had the week before, especially. So I mean when they're put up against a one and seven Jaguars team, it's it's pretty easy for me to to call this game in the Packers' favor. Yeah, but uh Packers definitely gonna win this game. Um they're they're a playoff team. Jacksonville is looking to rebuild. Um I you know, no no offense to Jake Luton and and James Robinson, but they're just not, you know, this is a superior product. Jacob, who do you think wins this game? I'm taking the Packers on this one. All right. The next matchup we got is the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at three, four, and one. They're going to take on the New York Giants coming in at two and seven. Philly's coming off the bye. And then the Giants, they're coming off a three point win over the Washington football team. I think Philadelphia wins this game. They are coming off a bye. It seems like their injury report every week is longer than a CVS receipt. So I think with the week off, it gives some of their time, uh, their guys some time to get healthy and hopefully um, get close to 100% because realistically nobody's 100% at this point in the NFL season. And I just think they're in a better position uh, than the New York Giants right now. So it's, I mean, that NF- NFC East is clearly the worst division in football, but ultimately someone is going to have to win it and ultimately, I think the Eagles are the ones to come out of the NFC East. So I think that I think they get the victory uh, on Sunday over the Giants. Jacob, what about you? Ugh, another NFC East game. NFC least. Actually, that's a better name. They should just rename that division. Uh, but let's go with the uh, let's go with the Eagles on this one. All right, Tyler, what about you? First of all, score my mute was on, and I laughed out loud at the CVS joke. So. <laughs> so. That was pretty good. Good job with that one. Thank you. That's, Thank you. I'll be here all week. That's that's just good. Tip your waitresses. Right uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm going with Philly. I like them to win the division. Um, you know, neither team have a lot going for them, but I think as a franchise in general, Philly plays well in November, December. Historically, they're a gritty team. Um, they they tend to to. Uh, succeed in these kind of like crazy times where you know eight nine wins gets it done or a backup quarterback gets it done or you know that's just that's the underdog eagles so i i like them getting the dub against a giants team that doesn't really have nope tyler tyler Uh uh-oh did we lose him Uh uh-oh folks we might have lost Tyler. All right. That was weird. Tyler had some technical difficulties. We don't know what happened. He unplugged his headphones, plugged it back in, and now it works. So we're back. My phone my phone doesn't have silent. <laughs> so you, you you think the Eagles ultimately end up winning this game? You you kinda got cut off in with when you're with your reasoning. Oh, yep. I, I do. I I like uh I like Philly um, 
just because I think that they're they're the they're going to be the team that wins this division. Uh, they play well in November and December historically. They're the gritty underdog Eagles. Um, so I like them to end up winning this division and beating a Giants team that I don't think has an identity without Saquon. All right, the next matchup we got, it's actually the last morning game. There's quite a few afternoon games this week for some reason. I don't know why it's done like that, but, hey, whatever, more football in the afternoon. West but, Coast, West Coast, baby. Yeah, a lot of a lot of West Coast teams uh, in the afternoon, and a lot of East Coast teams Although coming I guess, west. I guess New Orleans and Pittsburgh is kind of weird, but uh... – yeah, but they, they are they on the Eastern Time Zone or are they? Yeah, uh, they're they're uh, in Pittsburgh and New Orleans for those games. But the next game we're going to talk about is the last morning game. It's the number three seed or the number three team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, coming in at six and three. They're going to Carolina to take on their NFC South opponent, the Carolina Panthers, coming in at three and six. Obviously, Tampa Bay is coming off the embarrassing loss to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it was Tom Brady's first time getting sweeped by a divisional opponent in a regular season. So it was a, a first for Tom Brady. Uh, but I think ultimately going against a team like the Carolina Panthers is the perfect bounce-back opportunity for the Buccaneers. And I think with the way they lost, they're, they're embarrassed. And Tom Brady doesn't like getting embarrassed, and he's probably going to come out and embarrass the Carolina Panthers himself. And it was interesting, though, because Carolina played really well against Kansas City when Christian McCaffrey made his return after being out for so long. And ultimately, they ended up only losing by two points, but Christian McCaffrey injures his shoulder in that game and now he will be missing this game against Tampa Bay. So it's it's going back to the Christian McCaffrey list Panthers against Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Godwin, Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. I I could keep going. So I got the Buccaneers winning. What what about you guys? Of course, I got Tampa win. I got them as the number three team in the league. <laughs> uh, this is a two. This is a two tune-up game for them. Like you said, they're embarrassed. And let's remember, they've only been together about six months, as far as Brady and the and the Bucks. Um, so they're still figuring out. Bruce Arians uh, talked about Brady getting uh, Mike Evans more uh, targets, which I think is only going to be a good thing. So maybe look for Mike Evans to be more so involved this week than, than the past. And they're going to try to figure out some more things that they do well. And, and they're going to smack the card, not the Cardinals, the Panthers on the way, on the way to doing it. Jacob, what about you? Well, after that ass kicking that they endured by the saints, I don't see them losing this game. Not well, at all. And like Tyler said, when he was talking about them so glowingly in the power rankings and why he has them as the number three team in the TSK show power rankings, after losing to New Orleans week one, they rattled off five wins in a row. Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't see them coming into this game and losing. I think this is a, a big statement game because they can't lose to another divisional rival. Yeah, this is a, this is a tune-up. This is a tune-up job to the playoffs. That's what Tampa Bay's their entire regular season is just going to be tuning this team team up to get ready for for that dance. Yep. All right, the afternoon games now. 
we got an AFC West matchup between the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Broncos are three and five. The Raiders five and three. The Broncos lost by a touchdown to Atlanta, but that doesn't really indicate how that game was going. Atlanta kind of let Denver back into that game, and then Atlanta ultimately won it. And then the Raiders, they won because of the game-winning touchdown for the Chargers getting overturned uh, by the referees upon review. So it was an interesting game between the Raiders and Chargers. Ultimately, though, I think the Raiders beat the Broncos. I think that they're a better team. I think that the Broncos need to figure out their quarterback. I I like Drew Locke. I don't think he's the future. Um, and ultimately, I think Gruden figures out a way to grind his way to a victory. So, Tyler, what about you? Yeah, yeah, I, like, I love I love what Gruden's doing with his team. Uh, I definitely think they're building in the right direction. They've they've found um, some some really dependable weapons. I think in their wide receiver core, uh, I think the young Henry Ruggs is going to be a a great game breaker for them. He's the guy that can kind of take the top off the defense. Um, you you know Nelson Aguilar has had has had a good uh, yeah he's been solid good, for him. He's had a good productive season for them. Uh, now now he's in kind of that veteran role. And then Hunter Renfro is a great slot receiver. Um, so I think that, that that wide receiver group has kind of been a nice flourishing group on this team. Uh, Josh Jacobs and, and and Carr continue to kind of produce and be the guys that they can lean on week in and week out. Don't forget Darren uh, Waller like, either. And Waller Waller is is a was a great find. That's a great that that piece. Um he you know, he was on the team last year, but he's really blossomed this year. Uh he he's been great as well. And Denver, like you said, I just they need to figure out their um, they need to figure out their quarterback position. This team is ready to go. Their roster is a, this is a really good football team from top to bottom. But you can't succeed in this league without a quarterback. And John Elway's been been really bad about trying to find the guy to kind of carry on his mantle. So um, they're going to struggle until they until they get their franchise guy. So I got Vegas. What about you, Jacob? I'm taking the Raiders with on this one, too. Okay. All right. The next matchup is the Los Angeles Chargers, who I just talked oh about a second ago. Gosh. They're coming in at 2-6, and six, and they're going to Miami to take on the Dolphins, who surprisingly are 5-3. and three. Uh, The Chargers, they found another way to lose. That's I, I feel exactly like what I was going to say right they, now. It, I feel like it's a new way each week. But, uh, They're just ripping the the hearts out of their fans. Yeah, and week it's, by week, it's so unfortunate because they have their quarterback of the future. They know that is who their centerpiece of their franchise is. But uh, it's looking like Anthony Lynn's days as head coach are numbered with each loss. So it's I don't think Lynn will be there around much longer. Uh, but then it's quite the opposite story in Miami. It, Miami, it started yeah, off there's with hope in Miami. Yeah, there's a lot of hope in Miami. Two wins in a row for, for Tua, and he looked really good uh, in his second game compared to in his first game, even though they got the, the win in their first game with him as starting quarterback against the Rams. But his performance against the Cardinals, uh, it was really impressive. And to win a game 
the way the Dolphins did, I think that is great not only for the team's confidence, but great for a rookie quarterback's confidence. So it's, I, I mean, I think the Dolphins win this game. I think that they're not necessarily a better team than the Chargers because I think the Chargers on paper without injuries are a better team than the Dolphins. Even with Justin Herbert at quarterback right now, I just think they have better pieces around him uh, compared to the Dolphins and Tua. I'm not comparing Tua and Herbert individually. I'm talking about their teams. But with the way the Chargers keep losing, it's it's hard to pick them, you know? So. Yeah, no, it, it's it's tough when you start losing. It, it, you know, you got to figure out how to win. That's a, and the way that they're losing, though. Over. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they just they can't become the Atlanta Falcons. You gotta you gotta nip this in the butt, you know. Um, they figure out a way to lose every week. Um, so I agree with you. Lynn's probably gonna, be, which is unfortunate. I think he's a really good football coach. Yeah. Uh, but you def, but you definitely got to get in the guy that you believe is gonna mold uh, Herbert into the quarterback that everybody's seen that they you know that they believe. You know, Herbert could be. He's got Peyton Manning type of ceiling. You know, this guy's got unreal arm talent um but like you said yeah and i do believe that the chargers roster is a lot better looking um they've got a lot more of these higher paid guys with melvin ingram and uh um uh bosa and then you know they've got the they've got the quarterback they've got the they've got eckler the big running back they've got keenan allen they've got some big names whereas miami now we've covered this team quite a bit this year weirdly uh, Miami is a bunch of guys you've never heard of, but uh, I like Miami to win. They're the hotter team. Yeah, so do uh, I. I, lo- I. I think that Tua, I've, you know, I've said that I think that he's the best quarterback out of this class from the jump. Herbert's really, really impressive to me, but I like Tua a little more, uh, and I like Miami to keep winning football games, playing good defense. Uh, playing inspired offense now with Tua. Now the numbers aren't quite there, but they'll come. Uh, and they have a great special team. So um, I love what's going da- going down in Miami. They were damn near a top 10 team in my power rankings. Uh, Tua's going to do some great things. So uh, I like Miami to win this game against the uh, Chargers team that just finds a way to lose every week. Yeah, I got Tua winning his third game in a row this week. All right. Chargers are going to be a sexy. Chargers are going to be a sexy head coaching position. They're going to if they continue this losing and they have a top five pick. I mean to have to have a top five pick to have Justin Herbert and Melvin Ingram and Bosa on the payroll. I mean you win Super Bowls with these quarterbacks rookie contracts. So that's going to be a really attractive job. Yeah, definitely, and I think new, new, with they got a new stadium. Yeah, new stadium. They they they'll have guys coming back from injury that are like centerpieces to their team, and especially J- Derwin James's case. So, I mean, the Chargers are they they have potential. They got a bright they got a bright future. Yeah. Now the team that the Dolphins are chasing is the Buffalo Bills, the number four team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. They're coming in at seven and two. They're going to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals, who just lost to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, they're coming off a dominant win against the Seattle Seahawks. And, Tyler, I was watching the game with you guys. It 
was what well, I mean it for was me over quick. It, it was over quick, and what was really impressive for me was Josh Allen's poise. Anytime Seattle tried to make a run, it seemed like he put the Bills' offense in a position to score, and they did. I'd also like to add, I didn't make this point. This was a, a 10 a.m. game for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. You know, so this was a three-hour early start time. We don't travel well to the East Coast. Not making excuses, but something to note. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always something to note when a West Coast team travels east and has to play a 12 or a 1 p.m. game East Coast time, 10 a.m. game West Coast time, and the travel from Seattle all the way up to Buffalo. It's like that's probably one of the furthest flights in the NFL aside from Seattle to Miami probably. Yep, no, it's it's, it's definitely up there. So, I mean, I got I got Buffalo winning this game. I think they're a better team. I think Arizona is a good team in like for what they are right now with their coach and quarterback being in their second years. So, I mean, the Cardinals are a good team. It's tough that they're in the division that they're in, uh, but I think that they lose at home to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills because I think the Bills are one of the best teams in football this year, and I can't believe I'm saying that because for my entire lifetime, the Bills have been, well, the Bills. Now, this is where the crystal ball gets a little murky. This is where this is where I really like separate. I guess here is I've got Arizona winning this one. Okay. Now I got Buffalo really high up there in the rankings, but I think that they're coming in a little, a little fat and heavy. Um, Arizona's coming off the bye week. No, um, they they lost to Miami. Or sorry, Arizona's coming off the. Okay, sorry, my my fault. Um, Arizona coming off the loss again, which was basically like a Kyler Tua um, kind of matchup. Yep. Uh, Kyler got the Kyler took the L. I think that he's in revenge mode. They've got a ton of weapons on offense. I think that they can put up the points that Seattle can. Whereas I believe that they're going to have a better shot on defense stopping them, uh, playing in the correct time zone, uh, playing at home. And I think Buffalo is going to come in a little cocky that, you know, you don't, I don't think your sense of urgency is the same coming off the loss as it is a dub. So um, I like Arizona to get a big win. They beat Seattle. Uh, Buffalo beat Seattle as well. So it's not, it's not the craziest thing in the world. Um, I like Kyler Murray to have a massive, massive game um, coming off of the loss to Tua um, and, and Arizona beating uh, the number four team Buffalo Bills. Jacob, who you got winning this matchup? I think I think Kyler Murray's going to have a good game, but I think that the Bills are just going to over. They're just going to be too much for for the Arizona Cardinals, though. All right, well, it's time. Oh no, it's rivalry week, Tyler, and uh, I can't believe we've been this cordial this this entire episode. But uh, the Hawks and Rams play each other on Sunday, and I'm I'm very much looking forward. To, to being the only Rams fan in attendance on Sunday. So the the Hawks are coming to L.A., the number six team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the the 6-2 and two Seattle Seahawks. They're coming to L.A., to SoFi Stadium for the first time to take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are coming in at 5-3. and three. And like I was saying against the Buffalo Bills, every time Seattle got close, Buffalo just pulled away. Obviously, turnovers are an issue 
or were an issue against Buffalo and really the defense and and the secondary giving up so much like so many points to Buffalo the, like like Tyler was saying the most points in the Pete Carroll era that's definitely cause for concern now I think Tyler and you you've been one to say that you you aren't concerned about the I'll secondary stay away from it. yes you you've been <laughs> you've been you haven't hit I've the been panic button. With my guys I've been I haven't hit the panic button I've been riding with my guys um, but obviously, I, I took you know I took them down a peg in the rankings this year or uh, this week due to obviously they're getting exposed. As far as they give up a lot of points. Yeah, and on the other I hand, guess my argument is we score more. You know, we're D'Antoni, baby. <laughs> but Russell has to have an A plus perfect game every time for you guys to win. Anytime he hasn't, you guys have lost. And he's turned the ball over a lot in both of your losses. You know, and I'm glad that you brought up the turnovers because I didn't bring that up. I, I also think that that's something that was like, that's an outlier game. That that Russell Wilson game that you just saw was one would probably be a, t- a bottom five game of his career. He had I mean, four, he had four turnovers goal. just like Jared Goff four, did the week that, before. So okay, so he's had five of those games in a decade, probably. I mean, I'm not—I I don't know that for a fact, but yeah. I know that I know that four turnovers does not happen that often, and and I also know that uh, Pete Carroll has never given up 44 points. So that was a very very bad loss, but I think it was an anomaly. Um, I don't think it was is any indicator of uh, how Seattle is going to compete against good teams moving forward. Yeah, but the Ram the the Rams shots of this game for sure is to light it up. They they you know McVay's got to open it up and let Goff get down the field. Uh, you cannot start if I'm the Rams. I'm not going to run the ball uh, a lot in the first quarter. You know I want to open up the pass game and get things open, and then that's when and I put some points on the board. Then then I'll run the ball based off of uh, the defense having to to guard the pass rather than vice versa, start with the run and, and then pass. Uh, I think that's the key for Rams' victory uh, is putting points up. But obviously, i got to go with my guys. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, they just got embarrassed. So I look for them to, to really bounce back uh, and try to, to clean up a lot of the issues. Um, Carlos Dunlap looks solid. Um, so he's going to be a, a nice little piece to get going uh, yeah i mean and, he's gonna know, have to I, I he's like, gonna have to make an impact because jamal adams can't be the only guy getting to the quarterback every time and, and jamal adams coming back in big time so i just i just look for this defense to get better and better every week because of the history of this franchise and the way uh they play and then again i want to bring up the offense is is night and day different than it's been in the last nine seasons this has been a running football team we went from the team that ran the ball the most and now we're, we pass the most. So the defense is put in completely different situations than it has in years past where we were a dominant defensive team. Uh, we're, we're, we're playing defense with an offense that throws the ball out. There's more stoppage. There's more turnovers. There's more plays in general. So um, I also, you know, we're, it's, a, it's, a developing, it's a developing side of the ball as far as defense goes. Uh, but I like Seattle. Now, are we going to talk about our bet here? Well, I wanted to just real quickly get something off about the Rams real quick. And, I mean, them coming off the bye and coming in and then having to go and play Seattle at home, I couldn't think of a better scenario for them, especially when 
they just had the best bye week possible when every single other team in their division loses and they gain ground and tie Arizona for second place in the division. So if they get this win and go to six and three, it brings Seattle to six and three. They're now tied for first place. They have the tiebreaker over Seattle, at least so far, until they play again for the second time later on in the season. But I mean, yeah, I'm going with my guys and yeah, we can talk about the bet. I mean I I it's it's funny, man. The Seattle if Seattle loses this game, the bet people motherfuckers are hopping off the wagon. You watch. Oh I mean they will be they will be like this is uh how this is a you know, not even a top fifteen team. That's that's how people will look at it. So a lot, a lot of pressure on Seattle. Um not quite as much pressure on LA. Yeah. Now all right, the bet. Y- you. This is a good one. Yeah, I like this one. I think this is so much better than you know an Instagram post or something. Or I mean, is, we could do money, but it. I mean, we don't really want to do money. I, I'll, I'll give you money over. No, I don't want to do money. <laughs> that, that that that's what I'm saying. Like this is so much worse than having to give you money. Like I will pay not to say these things. So basically, the bet is. If the Rams beat the Seahawks on Sunday, Tyler will have to say 10 nice, good, complimentary things about... Honest things. Yeah, honest things about Duke University. His arch, arch rival, Duke University. Of all sports. Of all sports, I don't... Of all life, really. I don't really... (laughs) I don't really dislike anything like I dislike Duke. Aside from Coach K. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I tried to get you. I tried to get you to do one. Tried to get you to do I'm one. Not, I'm not giving this shit out for free. <laughs> and then, if the Seattle Seahawks beat the Rams, I will have to say ten nice things. About honest things. Yeah, ten nice, good, <laughs> complimentary, honest things about the Los Angeles Clippers and Jacob Heat. Which is so good. <laughs> yeah, and which, uh, is so, which is so good. Like I'm so excited. You know, pe- I'll just I'm I'm gonna quote them all. You know, so they're always there in my arsenal. You know, whenever you really get down on the clip show, I'll bring you back to light. Oh, you're you, just you're you just gonna have the clips ready. Where you shine some light on this franchise, this poor franchise that you've hated on for so long. So to give a peek behind the curtain real quick, Jacob went up and went and used the restroom real quick while we were talking about the bet. So to recap the bet real quick for Jacob, if the Rams win, Tyler has to say 10 nice, honest things about Duke University. Oh, boy. His arch rival. And then if the the, C- men, the men's basketball team, yeah, yeah. the men's basketball yeah, yeah. team. No, I know that yeah. I got. Yeah. And then yeah. if the Hawks win, I will have to say ten nice things about the Clippers. I feel like both of those are unbearable. <laughs> uh, it's so good. This is so much. This is like this is by far the best we've ever done. And I, and I do have to give credit where credit's due. Really quick, um, credit goes to Shannon Sharp for the idea. He did this on first take. Yep. Um, he he won a bet with Skip Bayless, and Skip Bayless had to say ten nice things about LeBron James, and so that was uh, that was where the idea came from. Yes. So, just one more time to recap. So good. One more time to recap. If 
the Seattle Seahawks beat the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. I will have to say 10 nice, complimentary, good, honest things about the Los Angeles Clippers. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh. if the Los Angeles Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday, Tyler will have to say 10 nice, good, complimentary, honest, honest things about the Duke University men's basketball team. So I'm I'm not worried, man. My guys are going to come through for me. Well, no. I can't wait for Tuesday then. <laughs> yeah, you can't wait for next Tuesday when we record our our episode yeah. before the draft. I'm bringing the popcorn. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I can't wait. I'm not even gonna talk. I'm just gonna sit here and eat. Ugh. Yeah, I mean gonna, we're gonna listen. We're gonna have a whole segment dedicated yep. to it. So, it's it's gonna be and a fun one. Just, and you can't just name ten players you like. These have got to be good, genuine ideas. All right. And we'll see about that. I don't, know how, I don't know how genuine thing. they're going to be, but they're going to have to be. Mm. Skip did a good job if you need to reference. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go watch Skip on YouTube or something. But, all right, you obviously. Did, you did a good job. All right, yeah. All right, obviously, Tyler's going the Seahawks. I'm going the Rams. But, Jacob, who are you taking in this matchup? I got to go with the Seahawks on this really? one. Really? I just don't think the Rams oh. have it in them for this game. This isn't looking good for me, folks. No. I told you, baby, crystal balls. Bring on the Clips show. I'm wearing a Clippers jersey in my apartment. I, you know what? I'm wearing every Clippers jersey. I will wear all four of the Clippers jerseys I got. Uh, you, I can't wait. You That's got who? Great. Elton Brand. Uh, oh, yeah. I better not wear that one. He's a dookie. That's kind of like a... No, you should definitely wear the Elton Brand one if you if you lose. Uh, yep. I've got, uh, I've got Tayshaun Prince. Um, I've got Chris Paul. And... Man, is it just those? Tayshaun Prince. Yep. I got a, I got a Tayshaun Prince. Clippers jersey. Tayshaun Prince Clippers jersey? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm tripping. Uh, it's just like the same color as the Clippers. Who's the other? Man, maybe I just have two Clippers then. So Elton Brand and Chris Paul. Not bad. Yeah. It, I think the third will come to me as we talk. Yeah. All right. I let's, think I got a third. Let's finish out these picks. We got uh, four more games. The next game, the San Francisco 49ers coming off the loss to the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night football. Obviously, the injuries with their team have kind of derailed their season. They're coming into their matchup against the number two team in the TSK show power rankings, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the 49ers, they're coming in at four and five. The Saints coming in at six and two. The Saints, like we talked about earlier when we were talking about Tampa Bay, they're coming off the dominant win over Tampa Bay. They sweep the Buccaneers for the season, and they got Michael Thomas back. They looked just absolutely dominant. They looked like the Saints that we thought were going to be at the top of the NFC this year uh, coming into the season. So, I mean, it's hard for me not to pick the Saints against the 49ers with the way the 49ers have looked and the way the 49ers season is gone and especially if Michael Thomas is back and healthy and playing on a consistent basis that offensive monster of Drew Brees Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and then Drew Brees really just can throw to any receiver or tight end he really wants to he's getting everybody some touches now so I got got the Saints winning this game pretty easily yeah there's no guard in these Saints um 
this offense is, is, is looking like it's, it is in midseason form at midseason. So it makes sense. But, uh, New Orleans is going to get a big win. I like San Francisco to be the favorites for hard knocks next year. Interesting. I think they got okay. a good, I think they got a good story coming in. They'll have, you know, they'll go from Super Bowl, you know, to playing in the Super Bowl to having obviously this down year, miss the playoffs. Um, they'll be a good, they'll be a good team for hard knocks. With all the injuries, kind of a backhanded compliment. Uh, with all the injuries though that the Niners have, I can't go with them. Yeah, I'm taking Breeze and the Saints. Yeah, it's it's a it's a no brainer for me on that one. All right, the next matchup we got is the Cincinnati Bengals, who are coming in at two five and one. They're coming off the bye. They're going to Pittsburgh to take on the disputed number five team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. The the lone last undefeated team in the nfl the pittsburgh steelers uh and and like tyler was saying i think big ben has two injured knees an injured shoulder maybe a concussion he's on the covid list because he was a close contact of somebody and so they're watching him and keeping him in isolation but big ben's gonna play till his limbs fall off and i mean when you got a, a veteran quarterback like him going up against a team led by a rookie quarterback like joe burrow Excuse me. Um, even with the season Joe Burrow is having and the way he's looked in his rookie year, I still got to go with the undefeated Steelers in this matchup, especially in a divisional game. Uh, those always seem to get kind of wonky, especially in the AFC North. So I, I got Pittsburgh moving on to 9-0. All right. Here's, the, here's another one for you from the crystal ball. Cincinnati's going to win this game. And, and Pittsburgh, their first L of the year. Joey B, uh, I think Big like I said, I already hit the panic button on Big Ben. Uh, I think he's going to lift himself out there, but he's going to take a lick. And, and I just I don't see him being 100%. And I think that he's going to play through it and hold his team back. I will and, agree. Uh, I will agree with what you were saying earlier, Tyler, about Pittsburgh not being the same team when big Ben isn't under center. And I mean, that's, that's blatantly obvious that Mason, Roos, Mason Rudolph isn't the quarterback that big Ben is, but I mean, I still, I still think uh, with the defense against their Cincinnati, defense, their defense is great. They have all the skilled players in the world, but with Mason Rudolph, they're just not a threat. And with big Ben at 50%, I just don't believe that they're, they're the same threat. He, he can will them to victory against the Bengals. Sure. Um, is he going to last the whole game? I don't know. Is he going to play? Is he going to play well banged up? I, I, I don't think so. Um, it's for sure possible, but I like, I like the way Joe Burrow has been playing as a rookie. I think he's, he's got to be, um, I still think he's got to be rookie of the year at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that he's got, he's got a nice, uh, set of weapons, um, on the outside with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and A.J. Green. Um, and so I like, and, and you, like you said, these divisional games get mucked up. So I like the Bengals to come in here and try and be big brother. Uh, Bengals got nothing to lose. Steelers have everything to lose. Um, yeah, I like the Bengals in this one. I have the Steelers staying undefeated. All right. The the next matchup we got is the Baltimore Ravens, the number seven team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. 
They're coming in at six and two. They're going to New England to take on the three and five Patriots. The Ravens coming off a two touchdown victory over the Indianapolis Colts. And then the New England Patriots coming off a comeback win over the New York Jets in what was supposed to be a blowout of a game by the Patriots, or that's what everyone thought was going to happen. Um, but came Pretty close. New- yeah. So, I mean, this game is interesting to me because uh, especially with what Tyler mentioned uh, when he talked about the Ravens and the power rankings with Lamar Jackson coming out and going public with basically saying that he's heard defensive players calling out the Ravens plays that doesn't sound like something you should be saying when you're about to face Bill Belichick so it's it's interesting that that would come out this week I still have to go with the Ravens though to win this game I think their defense is far superior than the Patriots offense the fact that Cam had two touchdowns uh and his leading receiver, Jacoby Myers, who ended up winning me my week in fantasy, he had 12 receptions and 169 yards, but he didn't have a receiving touchdown. I think that the Patriots' offense is, is way too one-dimensional. It's, it's why Tom Brady left. They didn't get him any weapons, so Cam clearly doesn't have the right weapons around him, and, and it being his first year with Bill Belichick and them still trying to figure each other out and how the offense should go, um, I think Baltimore still ultimately ends up winning this game. So it, it's going to be a fun one. I think it'll be closer than people are expecting when they look at these two teams' records this far into the season. But I think Baltimore pulls this one out. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, I, I agree with you where it's going to be more interesting than people think just because Bill Belichick is the ultimate uh, game planner and adjuster. So he's going to have a good game plan for – uh, for Lamar Jackson, but ultimately, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to win. Uh, there, there is a lot too, you know. Like also, really quick, Hollywood Brown also had some, you know, he's expressed some frustrations with how they're using him. Yep. Um, so the offense is off, and Mark Ingram hasn't been there uh, for the last couple of weeks. So the offense is obviously kind of frustrated. Um, but and so they, they, they've got to mix it up in some regards, whether it be formations. Uh, plays, uh, you know how many plays they're they're going run past. Uh, they 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 need to change something. But also, you know, I thought that Ryan Clark uh, made a good. You know, there's a lot of teams that you know what they're going to do. It's how you execute. Uh, you know, you we know what the triangle offense is bringing. You know what I mean? It's just can you stop it? Uh, and that's and then I thought that was a really good point and. And Arlovsky basically said that they're so limited that not only do they they have a good idea of what the, if it's going to be a run pass, they know it's going to be an outside zone off the off the inside of the tight end uh, to the left side. Like that's that's how predictable they've become. So you know I think that there do there does need to be some change and some creativity, but there also needs to be more execution. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. So you got Baltimore winning this game, though? Yep. All right, Jacob, what about you? Yeah, I've got the Ravens winning this game. Yeah, despite their offensive struggles, I still think that their defense is too much for the Patriots. Yeah. All right, the last game, Monday Night Football. We got the Minnesota Vikings coming in at 3-5. and They're going to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears. 
the Bears coming in at five and four. The Vikings, they won their last game by uh, two touchdowns against the Detroit Lions. Dalvin Cook had another beast of a game. The Chicago Bears, they lost by a touchdown to the Tennessee Titans. And I started Operation Get Ryan Fitzpatrick to Dallas. I would now like to commence Operation Get Joe Flacco to Chicago. The Bears, they have plenty of question marks on offense. They they don't know whether to stick with Nick Foles or go back to Mitch Trubisky. Clearly, neither of them are winning them a lot of games, and it's it's really crazy how Nick Foles just doesn't succeed anywhere but Philadelphia. So with the way Joe Flacco uh, led the New York Jets against the Patriots, I want to get Joe Flacco to Chicago uh, for next season. So... I mean, I got Minnesota winning this game. I I don't have any faith in Chicago. I think that Dalvin Cook is going to be able to find a way to to win Minnesota another game. Justin Jefferson has been emerging as a great young receiver in this league as a rookie, really coming into his own. Um, they they still have Adam Thielen out there as well. Um, don't really trust Kirk Cousins uh, as much as other quarterbacks, but. I just think the talent around him, he he has enough to get it done against Chicago. I don't think anybody trusts him. I know I don't. Yeah, no, and I mean, this is, I mean, I think Tyler's about to talk highly of the Minnesota Vikings, and I know he doesn't like doing that. I hate it, but they're going to win. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, but, man, you know, Dalvin Cook is arguably the best back in the league right now. Yeah. You know, he's, he's on fire. and we all know what a running game does for you in the NFL. It typically results in wins and they've got the bet. They've got arguably the best guy. So uh, Minnesota, you know, they're like, I always say, um, you know, they're the best chance of them losing is me picking them to win, but I'm, <laughs> I'm still going to, I'm still going to roll with them to win. Uh, like you said, Chicago, you know, they just, you just can't succeed with all these questions at quarterback. They have a they have a tremendously good defense. Um, they have a great running game, and and they've got some weapons on the outside. So they have a complete football team. It's just the quarterback play it is suspect at best. Yeah, I mean, I bet suspect is so Vikings is a nice Vikings way of putting number, it. it. It's 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 poetic to have the Vikings as my final win of the week, number fourteen. <laughs> To go fourteen and zero, the Minnesota Vikings are going to bring it home for me. All right, we'll see about that, Jacob. Who you got winning this game? Uh, I should have taken them last week, and that was the Vikings. So I got to take them this week. All right. Now we got four teams on by. We got the Atlanta Falcons, who won uh, against the Denver Broncos at home. Julio Jones got a wide open touchdown, uh, so that was nice for my fantasy team. Then the Dallas Cowboys, they're 2-7. and seven. They lost to Pittsburgh, but they made that game much more exciting than it was supposed to be. Uh, I think I'm going to be staying away from all double-digit spreads in the NFL uh, for the rest of the season because I just I don't think anybody's really going to be winning by two touchdowns unless it's just... it's Kansas City? Yeah, that, that's probably the only team. And speaking of Kansas City, they the number one team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the eight and one Kansas City Chiefs, they're on bye this week. Uh, they gave fans at Arrowhead Stadium uh, their money's worth against Carolina, and they were able to squeak out the W. 
Uh, so they get a much needed, well-deserved week off. And then the opposite end of the spectrum, the lone winless team, the 0-9 New York Jets. Uh, can they get a win this year, Tyler, do you think? They can, but, man, they lose, they're so good at losing and making it seem natural, you know, like they're going all in for Trevor. Dude. It's just, they're, 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 they're doing such a good job at like, you know, pretending like they're trying to be competitive and then losing at the very end. They had four plays in the fourth quarter on uh, Sunday night or Monday night when, when they played the Patriots. I can't remember. Was it Sunday night? Or, no, it was Monday night. Uh, they had four plays in the fourth quarter on Monday night football for a total of three yards, and their time of possession in the fourth quarter was a minute and 24 seconds against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to win a game. I'm never going to bet on a team, uh, you know, to, to not win a game. That's I feel like that's the same as betting on a team to go 16-0. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, they're, they'll, they'll win a game, but they're doing a really good job of losing, and you're going to see them at one, maybe two wins. Yep. All right, you guys got any uh, final thoughts on uh, the NFL this weekend? Nope. Jacob, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go, Hawks. Let's go, go Rams. <laughs> There's this fourteen to zero. No, I can't. I can't wait for the end result of this bet either way because it's it's just going to be funny either way. And it's, it's overall going to it's overall going to be a good day for me sitting fourteen to zero, having to listen to you talk about the Clippers. <laughs> I love that you think you're going 14 and 0, Tyler. This is the week, man. I put in the work. All right. Well, you got a shout out before we get out of here. I do, man. Uh, we got a shout out, uh, Kyle Lewis. Yes, rookie of the year for the Seattle Mariners. Unanimous. Mariners, Mariners, Mariners future looking all right. Jacob, you got a shout out? No, not this week. All right. Well, uh, I'm just gonna say rest in peace to Alex Trebek. Probably the greatest host of anything uh, of all time. I mean, he just, the way he made you feel so smart yet so dumb sometimes, it's just, I I mean, graciously. He, yeah, completely graciously. He would let you down so easy if you were wrong. And when you were right, he would prop you up just as the way he should. So, I mean, he was truly, truly a goat. Uh, and I mean, Titan of the industry, definitely a Titan. So, I mean, the world will miss Alex Trebek. I mean, Jeopardy. It's, it's one of the cornerstones, I think with a lot of families in, in the United States that a lot of families, they would come around and watch the TV together as a family and watch Jeopardy. And that was the show that they would, that was the thing they would do as a family. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that. So he he definitely will be missed. Do they replace him or do they shut the show down? I say they shut the show down. I don't I don't think anybody can follow those footsteps. Well, knowing them, they're uh, going to replace him. Yeah. But, uh, but, I believe but that's that, tough. I believe they'll replace him. But it, it, I think that what they should do is shut the show down and then it'll reboot in two, three years, you know, bring him back. I think it'll be it, – ultimately, I think it's going to be Ken Jennings, the the guy who I, I think – The record. Like, yeah, the record, like, for the longest win streak. Uh, yeah. On, that's, I, that's what the sports book had is. Yeah. Odds. Well, I think he's, like, a producer on the show now. Like, he works, like, on the show. 
like since yeah. since winning. So it's it's gonna be interesting, but it, it definitely won't be the same. Never. So all right, uh rest in peace to Alex Trebek. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.